that was very helpful. And in fact, I feel like I'm definitely in a better place now after having this conversation with you because you're right. That's what I think makes your work different and better than others. I definitely don't think I'd be engaged to him or in the relationship I'm in if I hadn't listened to you at all. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit?, How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 33-year-old Kiki, who is in a relationship with 30-year-old Landon. Kiki has been talking to Landon for a little over two months and has been intimate a couple of times. After the second time, Landon ignored her for a week and a half, and she assumed he ghosted her. Landon has since come back and reached out, and Kiki wants to know if there is any hope in Landon wanting an actual relationship, despite him communicating he's not in the right mindset to be in a relationship with anybody right now. And after having been intimate, Kiki is tweaked. So, Kiki, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Sure. Tell us where things are right now. So, where things are right now is it's been about two weeks since that second time we were intimate and he actually messaged me uh, maybe about four or five days ago. How did you meet? We met on a dating app on Hinge. Uh, We met like four months ago. How did it go down? So he liked me first and actually so on his profile it said that he was figuring out his dating goals and I'm going into dating thinking like I want to, you know, be serious in a like a relationship. So when I saw that, uh, I asked him about it, and his take was more of like casual. Like if he was saying like if we vibe, if we hit it off, there's no reason we wouldn't date. But he wasn't looking for anything specific. So after talking with him about that and just you know getting to know each other on the app. I, that was kind of like a red flag to me. So I told him, like, I don't think I'm looking for anything casual. And then I, I unmatched with him, actually, that first, the first time. <laughs> Interesting. Then what happened? <laughs> and then, so I'm, like, dating and talking to other guys at this time, too. I have no problem with meeting other guys on there. But then I see him again on the app. And, you know, I think he's really cute and and thinking to myself, oh, did I make a mistake? Like, I shouldn't have just, like, cut him off like that so soon, you know, just because of that. So I liked him on that again. (laughs) And then we started talking again that second time. Okay. Then how did you meet? So from the app, he asked for if I had Instagram. And so I gave him my Instagram and he said it would be better if we talked on there. So from there, about one week. And I was still dating other guys. I was, like, meeting other guys. And there is um, a couple of prospects that I thought would be successful. So thinking that this guy, Landon, was a little bit more casual, I wasn't really serious because he's telling me he wants to just be casual. So I'm pursuing more of these other guys. So for about a month, we're, you know, just talking back and forth, just real casual stuff. 
But when the other the other guys that I was dating like fell through is when I kind of went back to talking to Landon more and thinking about the idea of, okay, I'm just going to like have a little fun since he's there and that's what he wants to do because my other prospects kind of fell through. So, yeah. And you talk back and forth. How is it that you actually met up? Did he say, I want to meet? What went down there? Yeah, since we both were kind of agreed that, okay, just want to have fun, just have casual. And so we just planned to meet up. And where did you meet? Uh, He picked me up and we actually just drove around to a park near my place. Oh my goodness, Kiki. No. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's just stop here for a second. Okay, I know you're you're laughing. Is that out of nerves, or you actually think it's funny? No, it's. I know it. I did it wrong already, and it's like my mistake. Okay. I shouldn't have done it. I know. You shouldn't have done it for a couple of reasons. The first is your safety. Mm-hmm. And I want every woman to hear this. You never from online ever give a man your address and have him pick you up you don't know this man from anywhere Mm -hmm. just because a profile looks cute he seems normal whatever there are predators out there you let him pick you up in his car and you went to a park can't get more dangerous than that Mm -hmm. you dodged a bullet Yeah. You know, serial killers don't advertise. No, they do everything to show you, you can trust me. Here's the other thing that for our purposes here in this podcast and my work with women is one of my sayings that you'll hear a lot. What you do with him, he thinks you do with all men. This is foundational in men. So when you meet him like that, you allow him to pick you up when you don't know who he is. You go to a park with him. He thinks you would do, could do, or are doing with all men. That doesn't mean it's true. Nine times out of 10 with women, it's not true. You're doing that with him because you find him cute. You find him okay. You think he's safe, whatever it is. But you see, men judge us on what we do with them in terms of our being a worthy opponent, which you hear me talk about a lot, and being of high value, meaning putting you in the wife-mother relationship category or girl just to have fun with. Freud's Madonna-whore dichotomy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, did you even talk with him on the phone before you got in his car and went to a park? No. Wow. I don't know. I I think in in Hawaii, I know it's not like an excuse of like, oh, you know, I'm saying Hawaii is different. But I think it's a little bit different from, um, I guess, the mainland in like the States. Because like, I don't know, just meeting up in the day, it was in the daytime. It's I think it's a little bit okay or not as it's more accepted, I guess. You're justifying Do you want to be taken seriously as a possible wife, mother? Yes. Mm -hmm. We are treated how we expect to be treated and show someone how to treat us. You just showed this man, I don't think highly of myself. Mm. You just did. And it sounds like you're getting that treatment. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I applaud you for coming on here and being honest, because I bet you kind of knew this. Mm. <laughs> you knew it wasn't good. I wasn't going to be easy on you, right? Yeah. Because I want you to be safe. I want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. I want you to have the love that you desire and deserve. I want that for all women. Thank you. Absolutely. I don't care where you live. You can live in the most rural farm area. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You go to a public place. You meet the man there. You use a burner number. You don't even give him your number. You show that I'm smart. I respect myself, my safety, my well-being, and my body is sacred. I decide who I'll spend my time with, who I will trust. You just showed him that you are the most trusting, naive 33-year-old. Now, you didn't mean to do that, mm -hmm. but you did. And he knew this is great, fantastic. He knew he was easily going to get sex. The other thing is we need to get away from giving out our social media as a contact. Mm. And here's why. It's along the same lines, but it's more about our value. Men are all about getting in. And it's step-by-step -step getting in that makes you of high value and is the most challenging and fun and exciting and actually makes him fall for you. And when you give your social media, you are giving a large part of who you are. It doesn't allow for a new man with whom you're first meeting or any man to wonder. You guard that. It's like you meet someone and you immediately allow him into your life. Here are my friends, whatever it is on your social media. It doesn't really matter. It's access to you in picture form, in all manner of ways. Any little thing can turn him off to looking at you as a potential relationship, anything. Your social media shows you with your four cats. Uh, crazy cat girl. Uh, your social media shows you with uh, a big dog. Mm, bitten by big dogs, can't stand it. Nah, next. Why would you put yourself behind the eight ball? But most importantly, it is about, I show my value through understanding that as a woman, and this is going to sound odd, but as a woman, I am prey to you being a man and a predator. And I am smart. This is exciting to men. And if it isn't, it's because of a number of things. One, you wouldn't be his type no matter what. Two, he is not interested in anything other than sex. And then we look ahead a little bit. And should you keep him on social media or not? What is it going to show when I block him? What is it this and that in terms of him seeing my stories? And it's a mess. Mm -hmm. If he wants to get to know you, you give him your burner number for texting and calling and being appropriate as you go through the relationship and you become boyfriend-girlfriend and exclusive, that kind of thing. He can be given your social media, perhaps, and then you certainly don't advertise you being together. In other words, he shouldn't be on your social media, meaning 
you posting pictures and stuff like that, other than in a group, advertising your togetherness before he has done so. And even then, you don't until you are engaged because it makes the man feel uncomfortable, totally uncomfortable before he's made a decision. So we just went through a lot there, Kiki, and thank you for doing that. I want to get back to you and how this went down from that first meeting in the park. What happened during that first meeting? So the first meeting, we just talked. It was in the daytime and we're, you know, just getting to know each other, um, talking about what we do, occupation, you know, what we like to do to hang out with friends, stuff like that. So yeah, I got to get to know him a little bit. And that was it. That was that was our first meeting. So we continued to talk on the Instagram message. Um, and by the way, I don't I don't have his number. We're just continuing to talk on Instagram. And then we decided to make plans to hang out again. And so the second time was at night, and we just hung out in his car again and talked. Uh, but then you know one thing led to another, and then we were intimate. Where? In car. Um, this time was in his neighborhood near his house. It was more like a, in a residential area. It wasn't like a park or anything. We are just in the residential area near his place. What do you think I'm going to say about that? It was, it's not safe to do that especially, and then meet with him at night. And yeah. It's so fraught with you showing him. I don't value myself at all. At all. I meet with men in their car and have sex in the car the first time. On a, on a second meeting, he doesn't even deign to take you out. This saddens me greatly. You deserve more than that. Mm. And there's been something in your world, background, experience, all of it, that has led you to believe you are not worth more. Intellectually, you might feel that you are, but underneath, meaning subconsciously, you don't. So I'm not at all surprised you're in a friends with benefits relationship with somebody you like, and that he is only looking for that from you. Mm -hmm. Do you understand why I say that? Mm -hmm. And simply because you showed him that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how long ago was that? That was about uh, maybe two months ago. And how many times have you seen him since? Um, two more times after that. Tell us about those meetings. So pretty much they were the same. We met up, hung out, talked, and then were intimate with each other. Also in the car? No. Um, I think the third time, yes. And then the second time was at my place. Okay. And what do you want to know from me? <sighs> because in the beginning, when I reached back out to him, since knowing, like, I think he's more of a just casual he's not looking for anything specific I thought I could handle that and have that same mindset because of like I thought okay I'll just have fun play around a little bit 
And so that's what my mindset was going into it. And then later on, I have, you know, obviously I liked him a little more after that. So I wanted to know how I can redeem this and see if there's any hope if he would want to be in like an actual relationship or if I should just cut it off. I mean, I kind of know the answer, but I just wanted to hear it from you and Mm -hmm. take your advice. There is always hope when you change. Mm -hmm. And it's not just changing behavior. It's actually changing your self-concept and your understanding of men, your understanding of all that I just said about what you showed him. Right now, he in no way thinks of you as relationship material. I know that's very hard to hear, but you understand why I say that, correct? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is that he doesn't? Like, he's also mentioned, like, that he's not ready to be in a relationship with anyone, and he says it's because he doesn't love himself. And, like, I can confirm that he criticizes himself a lot. Like, when he says certain things, like, it just catches me off guard. Like, he criticizes himself, and he says that he doesn't think, like, he's worthy of being in a relationship. So I'm thinking, like, do these same principles apply with this kind of guy that has that kind of mindset? It's in addition to what we're talking about. But, you see, when we don't hold ourselves high and show the man, I'm a value and I like you and I'm accepting of you, that makes him want to be better. That makes him want to be around you. But quite frankly, in this way, you're equal to him and he has nothing to strive towards. Unfortunately, we've been sold a bill of goods that we are the same in that I can just go and meet some guy and have fun and have sex and not think about it again. There is nary a woman on the planet with good mental health that that's the case meaning she's not a sociopath. It just doesn't work like that for women. And we have to know that. And just because our society says you're equal, thank God, we're not the same. Apples and oranges are equal fruit. They're not the same. That's why we say it's like apples and oranges, both great fruit, both equal, not the same. Right. And when we act the same, we get the same treatment. Mm Mm-hmm. I asked you about why you think it is that he wouldn't be ready for a relationship with you, and you went to stuff about him. And then I said that you are not something to which he can aspire to. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to be better. You gave him an out on everything. He's shy. You don't know if he didn't want to be out in public with you. Because he's got a girlfriend, a wife, who knows what. You are very trusting, and this is going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. we got to give you a good dose of skepticism, especially with online interactions. We guide men online to what it is we desire and deserve. He reached out to you first, correct? Yeah. He had normal, pursuant interactions with you at first, correct? Yes, correct. But you gave him an out. You didn't even feel worthy of 
being taken out for a drink to meet him. Mm -hmm. So back to your question, which could you move this towards a relationship? We can always set about attempting to turn things around. When we change inside, our world changes and he may comply with those changes. It sounds like you had good talks together. I thought we did. So there's something there. He obviously likes you, likes having this ex, correct? Yeah. And I guess you do too. Yeah. So there's some foundation here, which we can look at. Okay. And why wouldn't you go for it? For a number of reasons. First, for the chance of maybe seeing if, you know, this could work and what this could be with him. The more important is changing yourself so that whether it's him or someone else, you will be valued. Right. Yeah. So why not? And I want to give you that, all of it, how you can start to do that. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this because it's vital for so many women to hear it and to maybe change things around with someone that they started out on the wrong foot. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's do that in a moment. I trust you're enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the life of love you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 80-20 Wonder Club yet, you need to be because now Make Him Wonder is exclusive, a members-only club to listen to every episode, past, present, and future in full, all ad-free. The 80-20 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of seasons one, two, and three in a categorized list by age and relationship status and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, Relationship Evals, and my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly action step you can focus on to attract and keep the man of your dreams and have him committing to you completely in the coming months. Make this the moment you start living as an 80-20 Wonder Woman, because love, like life, is best lived in 80-20. When you do 80% of what works with men, the 20% you don't won't much matter. Join the 80-20 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. Don't miss out. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. You and your man will be glad you did. So we're back with 33-year-old Kiki. And Kiki, I give you a lot of credit for being here. Thank you. It's not easy talking to me about this, I assume. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it must mean that you were ready in some fashion. Yeah. What have you been thinking about in anticipation of this talk with me? Just what, what you think I should do. Or maybe like a more of a definitive answer to help me make my decision. So your decision is going to rest on a couple of things. Mm -hmm. We know that this is an uphill battle. What do you think I mean by that? Of a battle of my emotions and controlling them. Um, maybe like if I should stick it out with him or just move on? What you first said is very true. You are going to be 
having to control your own emotions, you're also going to have to delve into the why of this for you. But it's an uphill battle because of the way you started. Right. When we understand how profound and deep-seated the madonna whore dichotomy is for men, we know all we need to know. It is foundational in the male brain and always has been. It doesn't change to any great degree just because society changes or culture around men gives us the facade of something else. Here's what I mean by that. Freud qualified this for us and quantified. It's Freud's Madonna whore complex. It has since been changed over into the Madonna whore dichotomy because of the fact that it's been proven over and over and over again through studies of men and understanding of men that it is just foundational in the male brain. I believe seated in the reptilian brain of males and it expresses itself very simply. And all you have to think of is black and white, yes or no, stop or go, on or off, sun or rain, night and day, male and female, Madonna whore. Mm. Men, many times, and again, men are all on a scale of this, but you have to know that there's no man that is without the scale. So to one degree or another, he does this. And that is, even sometimes in a matter of seconds and in seeing you, categorizes you as either a woman for possible relationship, marriage, children, motherhood, or one just to have fun with. Right. The variation comes in for the male according to his upbringing, moral code, culture, religiosity, but there isn't a man without the scale. So it is always worth then trying for and going for what it is that you would like. So it's going to require a discussion with him once, and meaning you're just going to be telling him something, not asking him questions, not poking into his world, any of that. And then it's going to be over time showing him that you mean what you say, you say what you mean, and you do what you say. And you never give him a mixed message on that. Okay. Tough stuff. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I believe it's going to be tough for you. And I'll do that by asking you first what you think the difference is between how you view yourself kind of intellectually, meaning knowing all that you have to offer and what your deepest feelings are about yourself and your worthiness. Um, I guess like for me, maybe like intellectually, like I know like I'm worthy and I know what I have to offer in terms of like my character and my, um, you know, myself, but like maybe from what the world or what society thinks about me of like what I have to offer is different from what I think of like my character and my my worthiness and what I have you know going for me is different 
I guess because I think like society would say like, certain stuff about me, maybe like my education or my job is maybe not in what society's eyes is like good. Maybe that's why I think of myself as like that, is not worthy. Okay, I'm not even going to ask you what that is because it really doesn't matter, but I'm going to beg to differ with you. And what I mean by that is that you're going from the outside in. You just said what society deems, what others think, how I'm looked at by others in terms of what I do in my education. And it's exactly the opposite because it's what you believe and know about yourself that you will put out there into the world and that is what the world will see and judge you on. So the truth of it is that deep inside, meaning at a subconscious level, you don't believe your worthiness, your value. And that has likely been programmed into you from a very early age. Mm -hmm. How do you think you got to a place where you don't feel of much value, that you feel maybe that your education isn't up to par, and that the world is seeing you as something not of value? How do you think that happened? So, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with disclosing this about myself. From when I was 14, I was diagnosed with kidney failure. So I've actually been on dialysis for a long time. Physically, I don't look like I'm a, a sick person on dialysis. But since I was 14, I, I guess, kind of viewed that there was, you know, something wrong with me because of my health issues, I guess. So maybe because of that. I'm so sorry that you've had to deal with that since a young age. I'm so sorry. That must have been so incredibly hard to get a diagnosis like that and have to deal with that during time of puberty and early teenage years. Yeah, it was hard. But I mean, looking back, I think I had it pretty good still as a kid. And I'm just, you know, so thankful. But yeah, I did have to go through it and it sucked. But yeah. But I'm going to go a little deeper and a little younger. There's something in your very early childhood whereby you, in your baby mind, believed that you weren't of much value. And again, that's from your baby mind, not from what was even true. Uh -huh. But something from your environment and or the direct messaging you got made you feel... I'm going out on a limb here, that you had to please others to get love, that you had to do things in a way that was helpful, accommodating, something like that, in order to get a modicum of your needs met and or to not be left alone, high and dry, without love, attention, affection, and basic needs. In thinking about that, is any of that true? Yeah, because even now, like, that's how I am. I, I think I'm a people pleaser, and, like, I try to help out a lot, and, you know, I think that probably stems from my childhood. What happened in your very earliest years, meaning birth to seven, or between your parents, or between your parents and you, siblings, what happened? Yeah, so I guess my both my parents worked 
from that age. So, like, in elementary school, I would be home a lot by myself. Uh, my sister, she was, like, six or seven years older than me. So, you know, to get her to play with me or to, you know, she didn't really give me that much attention. Yeah, I just remember being home by myself a lot because my parents were both working and they would come home late. My dad was an alcoholic and he would, you know, go out drinking, come home late, and my parents would, you know, argue about that. So, yeah. Okay, so we want to go even earlier because you're explaining something that we all do, which is you're talking from your conscious mind and what you remember. We don't have many memories prior to seven or so. If it's not completely dramatic or traumatic, either dramatic in a very, very positive way or negative way or traumatic, we don't have much memory prior to that. We just have snippets of stuff. Yeah. And what you just said to me tells me all. You had an alcoholic parent. Doesn't matter whether it's mother or father. That means as a baby, meaning zero to seven, you internally took in the world and everything that happened to you left you without a baseline, safe, secure, calm environment. You never knew what was going to happen from one moment to the next. That's what life is like with an alcoholic. Because in one moment, when you're acting a particular way, you get love, affection, fun, ease, normalcy, whatever. You can do exactly the same thing and be exactly the same way two hours later and you get chaos, criticism, just all manner of negative stuff coming at you. No grounding, no footing. What also is the worst part of it is that every human, nobody escapes this, Uh develops in this way, their subconscious first, prior to age seven, before consciousness. Every single thing that we take in, that happens to us, our environment, our treatment, what is said, the energy, everything is taken through a filter of it is our fault. We are the cause. Not that it's happening to us and that we are victims of whatever's happening to us. We are the cause of everything happening to us. So when you get odd treatment, bad treatment, any treatment, any way, shape or form, good or bad, you're the cause of it. So because of this having no grounding, no ground beneath you, never knowing what you were going to get. You, in your subconscious mind, believe you are the cause of it. And it is why you are people-pleasing in your words. Uh You are not worthy unless you are pleasing. You are going to run scared if you are not pleasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do this with men very significantly because as an adult, that's where your love, affection all comes from. It wouldn't matter who you love. If you love women, you know, as, as romantic partners, it would be transmitted to women. It's in your case, men and why we're here. So it doesn't 
surprise me in the least that you would be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you have the power to change it, and you can change it. The first step to any change is understanding what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't get this, you will continue to victimize yourself. And your actions have led to this man doing what he's doing with you. Unbeknownst to you, you never intended for that. You felt you were being just um, easy breezy. <laughs> yeah. Nice and easy, right? Uh, right. Yeah. And why wouldn't he like that? <laughs> sure. If only it worked that way, there would be nary a woman who wouldn't have her guy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. And the more accommodating we are and not standing in our value, actually, it can be the opposite. And the more we get rejected. Right. And then that stirs up feelings of anxiety, because that's hearkening back to what you got before, and it solidifies and reinforces that you're not worth anything. Yep. <sighs> but you took a first step. You recognize something, and I can hear it in your voice. You are recognizing. Yep. That's great. What do you want in your life? How do you want your life to be five years from now? Um, I hope to be married or with someone that I love. And then loves me back. And you want children? What do you want your life to look like? Um, I would want children. With my health issues, I'm not sure if it's possible, but I still would, you know, would want to explore, you know, whether adoption or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. On a scale of one to ten, if you are really honest with me, what number would you give it in terms of knowing that that can happen for you? or will happen? I would say, I wouldn't say I'm very confident in knowing that would happen. So maybe a four or five. Okay. So yeah, that's not very high, right? Mm -hmm. And for all of us, we need to be at a 10 yeah. to make those things happen. And I believe there are many negative experiences you have had that have actually been an outgrowth of the programming you had early on. Because we get programmed, we believe our programming to be true, and then we go out into the world from the vantage point of our programming and we continually reinforce it. Mm -hmm. So it takes some doing to change our programming. Right. You have a wonderful soul and heart to give and your experience with your illness has likely only enhanced your empathy and feeling for others yeah you have a lot to give and you're thwarting that simply by allowing your programming to lead the way rather than you changing the programming you may not have had a lot of people in your life telling you or showing you your worth and value and you've got to give it to yourself. Yeah. And you can. It takes intention. It takes making a decision about it. And I work with women to do this through their primary relationship, meaning love relationship. And as I said, you can set about doing this with him step by step. And we're now getting to what we talked about, we were going to talk about after the break. Uh -huh. What you would first do. So 
you said you saw him last a week ago or two weeks ago? I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, I would say about almost going on three weeks ago. And then um, that week, one week and a half, he ignored me after. And did you reach out to him? No, he reached out to me five days ago. And it was just a high. And I didn't say anything. How come you didn't say anything? Because, like, he didn't talk to me for a whole week. And I was te- I texted him, you know, wanting to know what, you know, what's up. And he just ignored me. And, like, that's, that's not right, I think. So you did reach out to him first? Yes. After the day we met, I texted him and no response. What did that tell you? That maybe I shouldn't have reached out. I was being too clingy or he just didn't want to. Maybe he was just, you know, just wanted to dip after. And it's simply because of the way you started. Right. But then he did reach out. You see, you can't change things overnight. After you've shown yourself to be a certain way, easy breezy, not caring, not needing any date, not of value, then when he says hi, you don't answer, it doesn't compute, you see? Uh Uh-huh. If you want to change this, it has to be done in a way that makes sense. Right. When did he send the hi? How many days ago? Four days ago. Okay. So here's what you can attempt to do. And I'm going to give this to you, even in a way, like, against my better judgment, because (laughs) that's going to sound odd. But it's like, first, I think, first, do no harm, okay? Uh But what I mean by that is that if you, how do I put this, are not continuing to do the work, it's likely not going to work very well. Uh But for you and for the listeners, I'm going to give it here so that you understand how it might work. In other words, just to start. But it is just in terms of the start. I mean, if you were to think about your relationship with him as one full hour on a clock, this would be moving the needle the first second only. And when I work with women, it's we work weekly moving the needle second by second according to two things. How the man reacts, and most importantly, how you continue to dampen down the anxiety Uh and stay the course, meaning you don't waver, you don't do things that would be antithetical and take you back a second rather than forward. Uh But so you know what I mean, it would be this. Wondering what I'm going to tell Kiki she can attempt to say to Landon that will help raise her self-worth and have Landon viewing her differently as a woman of value who deserves his best treatment. In the rest of this episode, I outline for Kiki what she instinctively knows but is finding difficult to do. We discuss not only what she is going to say to Landon, but how she must show up with him each and every step of the way. 
And because I want you to get the results you desire in your romantic life, I invite you to check out the 8020 Wonder Club, where you can hear the rest of this interesting coaching conversation with Kiki and what you'll need to start doing if you've been accepting less than treatment from your man. The 8020 Wonder Club is an exclusive membership-only club of the Make Him Wonder podcast, where you'll get over 140 full ad-free episodes categorized by age and relationship status, plus all new episodes the moment they're formatted and ready to be aired. Unfiltered coaching conversations like this one, with all my advice and principles to have you succeeding in your romantic life. But there's so much more. The 8020 Wonder Club now includes my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly video series for you to focus on each and every week. It alone is valued at over $500 and is all yours as a member. Join monthly and cancel at any time or save by committing to a 6 or 12 month membership. And not only will you save by committing to more, you'll receive a full coaching intensive experience where you'll be talking to me in a conversation like you just heard. You choose the date anytime during your 12 months and I'll be answering all your questions on getting what you desire and deserve in your romantic life. Check it out at the 8020wonder.club and join us as that is the only way you'll be able to hear what I tell Kiki what she needs to do to get on track to what she desires and deserves with Landon. Don't miss out on how to make your man wonder in the right way to have divine right results in your relationship or how to start dating in a way that guides a potential Mr. Right to do right by you. Go now to the8020wonder.club. That's T-H-E 8020wonder.club. You and your love will be glad you did.